The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. In the We are on to Wednesday, which means we are officially headed into Week 8, Field Yates. I'm going to slide even closer to Mike Clay, who is with us today, as well as Stefania Bell, the usual Wednesday crew. we got a lot of news for a Wednesday. we got some we trades, do. we got some information to break down. The rich got richer, richer yesterday, but good to have you both on the show. Shall we crank it up today or what? Let's do it. Lots to get to. Really? You're excited, Stefania? How I'm are excited. you feeling about the show today? I- I'm good. I'm good. I'm You're not as very excited. hesitant, Stefania. Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm I'm waiting to see what you guys say about the Emmanuel Sanders trade. Yeah, it's well, trade season. Say. Yeah, it is a busy, jam-packed show. We got plenty of news, and in that light, we want to make sure that we get right to it. So, Jackson, hit that drop. Rewind. Fantasy news from the National Football League. This is the instant replay. Jackson doing an admirable job filling in for Daniel today, and Stefania just mentioned it. She wants to know what we thought about the 49ers trading for Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders shipped to the 49ers um, along with a fifth-round draft pick in exchange for a third and fourth-round draft pick. So essentially a mid-round pick goes to Denver in exchange for Emmanuel Sanders and the final 10 games of his current contract, plus possible postseason action for San Francisco. Mike, your initial reaction to this trade and what it means for the Niners was what? I think it's a disaster for the Niners. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> obviously, obviously, they needed a number one wide receiver. I think we've seen that on display so far. Part of it's been injuries. Part of it has been development of young players. I mean, we were talking about this before the show. If you look at the current fantasy rankings of their wide receivers right now, uh, Debo Samuel is their top scoring fantasy receiver. He is 78th wow. in fantasy points. Yeah. There you go, 79, 98, 103, 113. I mean... They were just not getting enough production from that position. So, enter Sanders. This is a guy that, during his first five seasons with the Broncos, had a target share of at least 25% each of those seasons. I mean, he was heavily utilized. Obviously, that dropped off a little bit this season after this recent slump. But out of the gate, he was strong. Through week four, he was wide receiver 12 in fantasy points. The volume is there and the production. He's only had 10 targets in three games since. But I think he, you know, again, with all the question marks behind him, aside of, I guess, George Kittle in the passing game, He's going to play a pretty significant role. If there's one concern I have in fantasy, it is this low-volume offense. Right Right. there, the game script-adjusted run-heaviest offense in the NFL, only averaging 30 dropbacks per game. Could they open it up a little bit now? Sure, but to what extent? Especially with the defense playing so well, they're going to be able to run the football. So for me, he files in as a, I'll say a back-end wide receiver three, maybe safest as a flex option, but there's certainly starting lineup value here. All right, Stefania, chime in. This is your team, your beloved 49er. What was your reaction? I know. Well, so I was I was off the grid quite a bit yesterday because I was actually out in uh, St. Louis. And I was out in St. Louis talking to the future PTs of America. So it was uh, it, it was actually really nice. And I, I thank the folks at St. Louis University for having me. Be that as it may, of course, you know, my phone is pinging, and I'm trying not to pay attention to the fact that 49ers made a trade. I think I was just sort of curious about the cost. I mean, does it end up <clears throat> being an expensive trade for them? Because really, you're getting half a season of Emmanuel Sanders. But uh, I think it the thing that's exciting about it is it tells me where the 49ers' mental process is at. Like, we are trying to do something to have an impact now for this year, and as you mentioned, field into the postseason. I liked what I saw out of Emmanuel Sanders just from a physical standpoint in the, when we first saw him playing, we saw that some burst and explosiveness that we weren't sure was going to be there post Achilles. So I think he provides a dimension for them that they don't have right now. I mean, I think, I think Kyle Shanahan wants Dante Pettis to, or, and has wanted him to sort of move up to this top elite receiver. And I'm not sure he, he hasn't shown that he can consistently be there yet. So good point there, because I think my takeaway from a fantasy perspective was if you previously rostered Emmanuel Sanders, I'm not sure you're, Overly thrilled this morning because of the change of scenery. I'm not sure that you're disappointed because of the change of scenery. His value to your lineup is comparable. But I think if you were somebody that had been holding out hope on Dante Pettis or maybe holding out hope for even more from Debo Samuel, maybe you should tell yourself that patience is an important virtue to have. Um, Pettis, is Pettis even rosterable right now? No, I don't think so. In fact, I think you could drop Debo Samuel too. I just, he's yeah. dealing with a groin now. He missed some yeah. time. 
They have Marquise Goodwin, who's going to get some run in the perimeter. Dante Pettis has been manning the slot and has actually been their number one, essentially, the past right. few weeks. So I just don't think there's much value there behind Sanders and Kittle at this point. Other side of the coin is what it means for the leftover pieces in Denver. And Cortland Sutton has become the number one wide receiver in Denver already. That shouldn't change. If anything, his target value volume should, should go up yeah. even a little bit more. But I think Deshaun Hamilton might be the sort of trickle-down winner from a fantasy perspective here. Hamilton... Over the last four games of last season, when Emmanuel Sanders was also out because of that Achilles injury, just piled up catches. I believe it was 25 in the last four games of last season. Now, the sort of downside of it is just that, you know, of those 25 catches, they went for like a combined 200 yards. Yeah, 182, yeah. 182 yards. So seven point, what, two yards per catch for a player. Uh, like that, it, that's a running back average yards per catch, not a wide receiver average yards per catch. But Mike, maybe in a deeper league, there's some value there just because of the volume. Yeah, and maybe he takes a step forward now in a larger role in his second season, but we haven't seen that so far. He's actually been on the field for 63% of their snaps already, which is a decent margin, only 2.9 targets per game. And you mentioned 5.4 yards per target last year was really bad. He's at 5.3 so far this year. It's a small sample, but that is a very low number. Only 6.3 average depth of target. It's all underneath short area work, but he's only caught 55% of his targets so far. So I'm really worried about efficiency. Is Deshaun Hamilton up to the task? Is he a good NFL football player? So far, he has shown us that he is not, but can he turn the corner? Absolutely. Is he worth a bench spot in the event that he takes a step forward or sees a ton of volume like last season? Absolutely, but I wouldn't put him in my lineup just yet. Uh, Zach Zenner was released yesterday. My interpretation is that Alvin Kamara, who missed last week because of that ankle injury and also the knee injury, I think, contributed to it as yep. well. Uh, I think he's going to be back. I think there's a good chance he'll be back on Sunday against Arizona. Stefania, what say you, the person who actually has good medical <laughs> intel on such things? Yeah, they, they, the Saints have not offered us any insight. Sure. I think the only tip has been the fact that Zach Zenner was released, and that's how I'm interpreting it as well. You know, Alvin Kamara tried to play through the ankle before and obviously aggravated it. Uh, and then came out with the knee injury, so they held him out last week. But I never got the sense that either injury was really significant. Yeah. It was more that they didn't think he could be effective, and the extra rest time would help. Maybe they're there. Heck, for their standpoint, I'm not sure it matters. This team is so ridiculously well-oiled right now that they could beat anybody, any place, any Sunday with that defense and that functional passing game. But it certainly seems like Alvin Kamara has a better chance of playing this week than we would have suspected at this time Last week, when it was pretty clear that the team had some concerns about him being available, they play the Cardinals on Sunday in New Orleans. So we'll keep an eye on Alvin Kamara's practice status later on today, the first day of practice reports for the week for the teams that are playing on Sunday. We've got a ton of injury updates to get to, and Stefania, some of these might be better served to be discussed tomorrow, but people are asking already. So let's rip through them. We begin with Matt Ryan. Yeah, Matt Ryan injured his ankle in last week's game. And if you saw him, you know, he was definitely limping uh, reportedly in a walking boot afterwards. I don't think we know yet whether he's going to be able to play, but the way he was moving, which was not well, uh, it did not look good. If you look at the Falcons' schedule, there's a game this week, and then they have a bye week. Again, if he could play and play safely, they would start him. But when you look at all the, the information that we have right now, it wouldn't surprise me if he misses this game. We'll dive deeper into what it would mean for others. Matt Schaub is the next man up on the depth chart at the quarterback spot. Matt you can Schaub. decide what that means. How about Patrick Mahomes to you the injury of the NFL season in so many ways? The Chiefs begin their practice week this week, or excuse me, today, for the Packers on Sunday I night. I loved Andy Reid's comment. It was my favorite comment. I was like, thank you, Andy Reid, for saying this, because he basically said, I'm going to quote him here. Well, he said it would be a stretch for him to play Sunday, so put that put that in your thinking cap but he said i don't think you put a timeline on this thing you go off how he feels and what the doctors say and go with it and he sort of said look i know everybody wants a timeline but you really don't have one that is the truth and so this is going to be how does he feel daily and they that workload could even fluctuate you know they might bring him out and do a little work it doesn't feel so good they scale him back and i would encourage people to remember that the high ankle sprain he was dealing with that was a real problem coming into last week's game. And so now they got a chance for him to recover from both injuries. Just don't see the Chiefs rushing things here. So stay tuned. It will be a daily update. There is no official timeline. We got news yesterday that Carrion Johnson was being placed on IR for the Lions. No corresponding move as of yet, Stefania. 
with that knee injury that caused him to have surgery. Right. And for fantasy purposes, you're done with Carrion Johnson because even if they, for some reason, elected to have him return, it wouldn't be until the end of the year. Um, and I think that uh, the Lions, of course, don't give us detail on what the nature of the injury was. We know he had a surgical procedure. Matt Patricia addressed that when they said they were putting him on IR. But if you look just in general, this globally, thinking about Karen Johnson's health, a knee injury ended his season last year, sprained MCL in week 11, only played 10 games. Here we are this year with this. It's just not a great start to his young career. Mike, let's take a bite out of week eight later on in the show. But for the rest of the season, or at least mm-hmm. for the bigger picture standpoint, now the team Lions did say that Carry On Johnson could return, but that you know, week if 16, they're not if they're not right. in the playoff picture, then he wouldn't return. We'll and even see. so, like yeah, for fantasy it doesn't matter. Back, right? Like you're not putting him in your back. Yeah, in in champ it would yeah. be your championship, championship week sixteen. Right, right, right. Like so that would be too risky. Ty Johnson, uh next man up, six over a six round pick this year out of Maryland. Explosive player in college. Interpre- uh, sort of your uh, impressions of the Detroit backfield right now. Understanding that at any moment, we're one Schefter tweet away from them adding somebody else, whether it's promoting Paul Perkins from the practice squad. Remember, they did mm-hmm. claim Trey Carson off of waivers last week. So there are other players that could contribute to this backfield besides Ty Johnson. And that's my concern, and that's why I wasn't super aggressive on waivers last night. Because you love it short term, right? I mean, at least this week you would expect him to be in the 14 to 16 carry range, maybe two or three targets. Let's get into week eight a little bit later on, but just for the for the bigger picture. Well, I'm saying in general, I I should put. That's what I should have said. Long term, you might you might expect that on a week to week basis. But if they sign someone, an impact player, but not to mention JD McKissick's there, and they like him in passing situations. He won't necessarily get that, and then you just spent a huge ton of uh, ton of your capital on him. So if waivers hasn't cleared, I would keep that in mind for sure. Uh, but as for, yeah, long-term, I mean, a little bit undersized. Obviously, you mentioned he's explosive. Didn't do much pa- uh, pass-catching in college as well. So I'm just a little nervous about him showing that he is a long-term starting caliber player in the NFL, and, and essentially he's going to lose snaps and, and not end up being a consistent fantasy option. So for me, I'll put a few bucks out there, get him on my roster, maybe start him short-term, but I'm not sure he's the long-term answer for your lineup. By, by the way, there were people that were frustrated when Carrion Johnson, a superior talent, wasn't becoming the go-to guy unto himself, right? I mean, C.J. Anderson, until he was cut, was part of the Lions' backfield mix, so I think that um, expecting one player, specifically a six-round pick this year, to all of a sudden become the man in the backfield might be wishful thinking. We're going to preview this game with more context tomorrow, but Stefania, Adam Thielen, dealing with that hammy issue. Right, and he didn't participate in Tuesday's walkthrough, but Mike Zimmer throwing some positive vibe out there, saying, you know, he's healing fast and he has a chance for Thursday. Uh, I I talked with Courtney Cronin as well. Neither of us think he's really going to start this game. I mean, it's just hamstring injuries are so easy to aggravate and so easy to make it worse. Uh, if he got away with a mild hamstring injury, because it didn't look good when it happened, he was very slow to get up um, and then did not return to the game. So if you're a team that really wants this guy to stay healthy, now I know he hasn't missed a game in like five seasons of, of his career, which is really impressive as wide receiver, but it might be wise to sit this one out and have him back healthier for week nine if indeed it was a mild strain. Uh, perhaps a sign of what's going to happen with Will Fuller is that the Texans just signed Stephen Miller Jr. from the practice squad. That, according to Aaron Wilson, who covers the team for the Houston Chronicle, Savanya Will Fuller, unfortunately, his injury—excuse me, his career—has yep. been defined. in some ways summarized and defined mm-hmm. by injuries yeah. and big plays. I, would say, I was just going to say outstanding big playability, injury history. Listen to this: 2016, he played 14 games. 2017, he played 10. 2018, he played seven games. We're seven games into this season for them. This is for Will Fuller, I think, going to be the story that he is going to. He says he wants to try and overcome it, but it's just he's not been able. And he's been on the injury report, groin, oblique, like other issues. And then ultimately now this hamstring injury, which sounds like a multi-week problem. Uh, Marquise Brown for the Ravens, Stefania, has not played over the past two weeks with that ankle issue. He has been banged up himself, obviously. Came into the league banged up with that Liz Frank issue that dated back to his days at Oklahoma. What's the latest there? I, th- I think that uh, the wise move here was not to play him. You know, he traveled with the team, even though he hadn't practiced all week, and they left the door open. But when you're coming off major foot surgery, I said this before, that and you have an ankle issue, you want to be really careful that you don't throw this young, talented receiver back too soon and end up with a bigger problem. Wide receiver coach David Culley said he does expect him back after the Ravens' Week 8 bye, so look for him back in Week 9. I believe they play the Patriots in Week 9. Yes, they do. Which, Hello. Um, that will be certainly a favorable <laughs> time to get back a player of Marquise Brown's explosiveness and caliber. 
Last one here, Stefania, is A.J. Green. We've been talking about A.J. Green. It feels every like day. every week yeah, since every week July. We, we've got something. But we have it's a new like, update what's he doing here? this week? Yeah. And I think, you know, everybody's wondering, is it, is it gonna, what's going to happen? I mean, there was trade talk. There were all this conversation. Bottom line, from a health standpoint, is that A.J. Green's been seen working out on the side. I don't know if you guys have caught any of the video. He looks phenomenal when you yeah. see him doing these workouts. The guy is just incredibly dedicated to his craft and to his rehab. He's always come back really strong when he's had big injuries before. But the bottom line is he has to practice before he can even be considered to play. He hasn't practiced yet. And Zach Taylor has said he needs to have full practice clearance to even be considered for playing in a game. Seems like a big jump to go through this week, but uh, stay tuned. As of right now, no practice yet for him. One thing to add here, 31-year-old wide receiver in the final year of his contract has one more chance to probably cash in in a notable way whether it's with the Bengals or somebody else, if I were him, I would be making sure that I'm 110% mm-hmm. by the he time that I return. That especially I feel for, like he is. For an 0-17, yeah. no question. Um, I still think they should trade him, but I also know that Agreed. hashtag the Bengals. Mike, <laughs> tell us about ADT before we get into some overachievers and some underachievers from this past week. I will. I am a happy ADT customer. Is that right? Oh, You're I'm also an overachiever in life. Indeed. Fantasy Focus Football. Did you know it was brought to you by ADT, as it turns out? How about that? That's probably why we're doing this read. That would make sense. <laughs> you, know Maybe. you are nothing if not lightning quick. Yeah. There we go. Carry Put on. two and two together quickly. <laughs> what does real protection mean for our listeners? Well, let me tell you. You can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you and your family. You get 18,000 employees safeguarding them with connection to first responders. You get the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can get a secure smart home with everything from video doorbells, indoor and outdoor cameras, smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT app or the sound of your voice. You can get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. You can get a system custom designed to fit your home and you can get safety on the go in the car or when your kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Thank you, Mike. Let's get now to a couple of over and underachievers from this past week. And, you know, and maybe in some ways, Mike, the Colts do come across as overachievers, right? This is a team that had Andrew Luck stun the football world with his retirement on a Saturday during the football preseason. And here they are, four and two, first place in their division in a team that has the culture, the complexion of a playoff team going forward and doing so for many years. And their quarterback overachieved this past week. Uh, he did, as well as his top-performing wide receiver. So Jacoby Brissett scored 28 points this past week. His expected total, or his OFP, was 18. Zach Pascal had 29 points. He had the two touchdowns in the game, but his expected was 14. So what does that mean? What are we trying to tell you here? Just keep expectations in check going forward for these guys. That said, there is still some room for optimism, right? A career-high four touchdowns for Brissett on Sunday. He has two-plus touchdowns in five of six games this season. That's terrific. That's what you want out of your fantasy quarterback, which I mean, really the incredible thing about Brissett is back in 2017, he made 16 starts. He reached two passing touchdowns in only three of those games. <laughs> I mean, he's already blown that number out of the, we're not even halfway yet. He's already passed that number. Uh, so he's been pretty good. He's actually finished all six of his 2019 starts as a top 20 quarterback. Only Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson can say the same. So he at least has not, he's not crushed you. And at times he's thrown a bunch of touchdowns. You'll like that for sure. Three of his past four starts, he's been a top 11 quarterback. If there's one kind of drawback here, it's that 82% of their touchdowns have been passes. Their expected total still high at 70%, but you would expect more of those touchdowns to go to Marlon Mack. So keep that in mind going forward. And by the way, really quick on Zach Pascal, seven targets, two of his past three games. Again, a little over his head this past week, but uh, you know, is he the new number two? For the Colts, if he locks down that job, I mean, he's 6220, has has sure. some good size. If he's the number two in this offense that, again, is scoring a lot through the air, there could be a little bit of deep league value. If I'm not mistaken, that seven games, uh, seven targets in two out of the past three games was sandwiched with a zero target game in between. Is that yes. correct? Yeah, they're, they're, but they've been rotating Deion Kane and some other guys in there. Right, Paris which makes Campbell it really will be back. tough, right? Right, but like, if he does lock down that job, so that's If he case. does lock it down. So yeah. I said yesterday on the show, like, I'm not there yet on Zach Paschal. Yeah. If he does a couple more games of comparable production, then of course I'll be there for the reasons that you are laying out. Meanwhile, no one likes to underachieve in life. No one likes to be the, I don't know, enter your decision of who the biggest underachieving NFL team is. And maybe, Mike, in some ways, it feels like the Chargers. Yes, the Chargers for sure. It's incredible how uh, injuries have just crushed them again. How many times have we been saying this? It's just unbelievable how many guys are out for them. Uh, Melvin Gordon 
big surprise, one of the biggest under underachievers of Week 7. His expected total of points was 27. Based on his usage, he scored 9 fantasy points. Uh, just a, a very, very disappointing week. Uh, I think if you look forward at this point, it's a close call between Gordon and Eckler, at least now, who you start in your lineups. I think they're both fringe top 20 plays right now. The efficiency for Gordon hasn't been there. 2.25 yards per carry. Honestly, that hasn't been there for Eckler running the ball either all right. season because Eckler's of that O-line. value is the pass catching. Yeah. And he's been amazing as a receiver. Some yeah. of his well, I was making the contention on the show on Monday is that, like, I get why the Chargers are not giving a lot of carries to Austin Eckler. Like, mm-hmm. right. he, I don't know what his yards after first contact are, but I would guess of late it's below, not, yeah. well below league average. Not great. Yeah. Not great. But now there's Melvin Gordon, which is part of the problem. Right. Yeah, they can't run the ball, but they can. Obviously, Austin Eckler is a tremendous resource as a pass catcher. In fact, over the past three weeks since Gordon's been back, he has 25 catches, 218 yards, and a touchdown. And you and he's actually out snapping Gordon too right. during. He's this playing game. wide receiver now. Yeah. He, a he lot of wide receiver. A lot of wide yes. yes. So yeah. So but again, you know, I, uh, Melvin Gordon had said like he couldn't get in a rhythm. They were going to get him more carries. Well, he got the carries this week. Yeah. He got the ball. He touched the ball much more. And it's yeah. sad though because he's aware of it. He's yeah. hearing all the noise right now. You can tell Melvin Gordon's addressing it. Like and I, sometimes when you try and press, though, you know, as an athlete, you try and press and you just. It's not there, and I felt like it was painful to watch that goal line effort last week sure. for me because I felt like mm-hmm. it was almost like you felt like he knew it wasn't going to happen. And then the confidence goes, and does that have anything to do with why he fumbles? I, I don't know, but it's just been tough to watch. It's almost like I want him to go away for one more week and reset and then come back. It certainly has been a, a difficult season out of the gate so far for the Chargers, who are 2-5. and five. Hopefully they can, well, for their own sake, hopefully they can win on Sunday against Chicago. All right, let's just, I, I tell this Keith Barter from Yes Me yesterday, hard pivot now to talk about something that is difficult to talk about because talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. People usually just brush it off or blame themselves saying things like, lost my mojo. Or people avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. Hmm. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can pre- prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you for free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and again, discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com FFF and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor to take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash FFF to get a free visit online and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash FFF for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash FFF. Every week, Mike Clay pens a column. Well, he pens several of them, but one of them is called Fantasy 32. It looks at every single team with a fantasy angle tight end, and we go back to the undefeated, yet-to-be-tested defensively, dominant in so many metrics on defense, and yet they are crushing it on offense as well, specifically through the running game, San Francisco 49ers. Tevin Coleman, Mike, looks Mm -hmm. like the guy right now in the backfield. No question about it. If you look at the snaps so far since he's been back, he's played 107. Matt Breida has played 68 and the other guys have kind of been non-factors very playing very little uh so he seems to be the guy here and i know that's a little bit uh you know inflated for coleman because Breida missed some time with the injury this past week but nonetheless he has clearly been the guy and it's led to a lot of carries and a lot of fantasy production his carry totals in three games back 16 18 and 20 his weekly fantasy finishes 19th 17th and 23rd only nine targets in four games you don't love that but you do love the fact that again this is the game script adjusted Run heaviest offense in the NFL, and he is the clear lead back. I have him ranked 16th this week against the Panthers. I think he's going to be a fringe RB2 at worst going forward, as long as he's uh, the clearly the lead back, and that's the case right now. Yeah, sure looks that way. I mean, I know that this was has been a conversation since the, before the start of the season was how much, what was the split going to look like between Coleman and Brita? Because you always felt like Shanahan's inclination was to go Coleman 1, Brita 2 at like a, 60 40 or 65 35 but it seems like it's kind of little leaning in his favor a little more than that right now Mike Kenny still should play a lot we talked about Will Fuller earlier on in the show he sounds like he's going to miss some time we don't know if it's a short period or a long period of time but Kenny Stills who has one very comparable skill to Will Fuller 
he can fly. One of the better deep ball receivers in the NFL. His value is on the rise. Yeah, and with the injuries at wide receiver for Houston, now you understand why they wanted Kenny Stills in the offseason as a fourth receiver, right? It seemed like they were a little overloaded, but definitely makes some sense. Uh, Kenny Stills played 95% of the snaps for the Texans on Sunday. Uh, obviously, Will Fuller went down after just a few plays, but what's notable about that 95% is that Kiki QT played 70%. So Stills has essentially stepped into the Will Fuller role as the number two, playing every down along with DeAndre Hopkins. You'll like that a lot. you also like that in Stills' past two games, his receiving lines are four for 105 back in, in uh, week seven. And then back in week three, was which was the last full game he was healthy, put up a four for 89. So he has been productive as well. Good matchup against Oakland uh, this week. We're, we'll talk more about that tomorrow. But uh, in the short term, while Fuller's out, he is in position to provide wide receiver three numbers, maybe wide receiver two numbers. There's a lot of upside here, and the volume will be good as well. All right, Mike, one more here is Gerald Everett, who in a position that's really difficult to find, has emerged. And I know they play very different games, and Tyler Higby was signed to a long-term contract because he's an outstanding blocker as well. But maybe the Rams have to find some money to pay Gerald Everett in about a year as well. Yeah, no question. He has finally turned the corner and into a fantasy-relevant, consistent pass-catching option in the NFL and here in his third year. So you love to see it for sure. Have him uh, tight in eight against Cincinnati this week on my board. Team high in targets with 10 and air yards this past week for this Ram, <clears throat> excuse me, this Rams offense. Five plus targets in four straight games, including eight plus in three of those four games. He has played a, uh, a big role. And in fact, he's actually second in fantasy points among tight ends over the past week. Uh, if there's a red flag here, it's the fact that he's only run around in 57% of their pass plays. You'd like to see him out there a little bit more. But when he's out there, he's been targeted by Jared Goff. So you'll like that. His target share is around 20%. He's a tight end one uh, at this point going forward. And uh, you know, the Cincinnati defense hasn't seen a lot of targets against him from tight ends, but the efficiency has been poor. So he potentially is set up with a decent matchup. Yeah, that might be more about who they have faced as opposed to some sort of like weakness or strength against tight ends and limiting those targets through the first seven games of the season. We're going to get into some rankings, including a conversation surrounding David Johnson in just a bit. But first, a quick word for those of you watching on video from the Fantasy Show. Fantasy, you're in the 06010. As I mentioned, we're talking about David Johnson now. Of course, he missed, well... Did not miss last week's game, but he might as well have, given the fact that he had oh, just he one touch, much <laughs> of the chagrin of our friend and your favorite, Matthew Barry. Stefani, let's begin with a health update on David Johnson. Do you have anything to add as we get ready for the practice week ahead regarding Johnson and the Arizona Cardinals backfield? Well, look, I just, from the health standpoint to recap, I won't recap the rant that happened <laughs> in my absence. You want to do your own rant? <laughs> Um, He'll pass. I already did in private. So, but look, he did not aggravate the ankle. It was that he tried it and could not go, and I, that's why they had him out early. It didn't feel right. So then they made they effectively made the decision in that moment. You know, we talk about the Marshawn Lynch being the, the healthy guy, and then scratched like after he was already activated. It was essentially the equivalent of that. He was out there. He had the one carry, as you mentioned, field for two yards, only played three of 39 offensive snaps. I think he stepped in there when Chase Edmonds had was sick to his stomach, and then Chase Edmonds was right back in and picking it up. So to me, and you guys can see it's reflected in the rankings because I did not rank David Johnson. I essentially ranked Chase Edmonds as the starter because that signaled that he was certainly not doing as well as they maybe hoped he could. You know, he fought through the back injury and played. He has performed well when injured before. This was completely different. So to me, until he proves it in practice and you really get more confidence about him going, I'm, I'm choosing to view him as somebody who's not playing until I'm convinced otherwise. Mike, any disagreement there? I mean, I just think with David Johnson, uh, if he does play on Sunday, there's it's actually not the health that concerns you so much. It's actually the matchup because this New Orleans defense has been outstanding against running backs of late, at least on the ground. Yeah, no, no question about it. I mean, they've been terrific and pretty. I don't even have to get into it because just assume they are near the best in the league in every category right. across the board, including the fourth most fantasy points allowed, only three touchdowns allowed to running backs as well. Uh, I will say this, though. David Johnson, we know, does a lot as a pass catcher, even barely playing this past week. He's still top five at running back in routes, targets, receptions, yards, and receiving touchdowns. He plays such a huge role in that area that even if he gets stuffed for 12 carries and 24 yards, 
he can have a good fantasy day because of what he does as a pass catcher. So obviously we'll monitor his status this week. In the meantime, Chase Edmonds, a terrific handcuff, but I just think once Johnson's healthy, he's going to go right back to 30% of the snaps and is going to struggle to have sustainable or standalone value. We went a bit more macro. Let's get a little more micro on not just Ty Johnson, but one other lion. Ty Johnson specifically for this week. Across the board, none of us have him as a top 20 play. We all have him, though, as a top 26 play against the New York Giants. My argument is pretty simple. We expect Ty Johnson to lead the Lions in total touches amongst running backs. on Johnson was averaging 19.2 touches per game in his five games before getting hurt last week. So the volume was solid. If he assumes a carry-on Johnson role, 24, which is my ranking for Ty Johnson, is probably too conservative. But Mike, as we've been talking about, um, not the matchup that concerns you. It is merely that maybe Paul Perkins gets promoted, and maybe Trey Carson gets six carries, and maybe J.D. McKissick snatches five carries and five targets as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly my concern. And uh, it is a good matchup. We'll say that. I mean, you look at the Giants defense so far, fifth most rushes against uh, against running backs, sixth most rushing yards. They've all had seven touchdowns rushing already. That's third most to running backs and the seventh most fantasy points, as well as some pretty bad efficiency uh, from from running backs as well against them. So uh, you do like the matchup for sure. But again, you mentioned it. You're going to have all those other bodies mixed in. That's a factor. But when it all is said and done, I think he's going to end up in the 15 carry range with with two or three targets, and that's enough to put him on the top 20 radar. So if you're a little shaky at running back, Johnson went down, maybe you scooped him up. Carry uh, on Johnson, of course, went down, maybe you scooped him up, and and you could file him in there as your RB two or flex option this week. But uh, nothing, I'm not I'm not going too crazy here. I don't think you're going to have like a Latavius Murray week seven sort of handcuff performance or Chase Edmonds, but he could be a solid uh, option for you. Remember, the process is more important than results in a lot of ways in fantasy football. Obviously, the results are what derive or drive your happiness or lack thereof on Monday and Tuesday mornings, but process is important for us when we are evaluating players and the outlook for them. Last week, there was not major reason to believe that Marvin Jones would have a monster day. This week, perhaps there is, Mike, and it's not just because he got four touchdowns this past weekend on four end zone targets, which is three more than he had for the entire season prior to that. This is just a good matchup that I think you have your eyes on here against the Giants in their weak secondary. No doubt. Would you be surprised to know that the Vikings did not shadow Kenny Galladay? Really? Like you would think they, I'm sure they shaded coverage toward him a little bit, but it's not like they had Rhodes locked on him and Rhodes had a good game or anything. It was nothing right. like that. They just played their sides and it just so happened. Jones, you know, like you said, sometimes you can't predict this stuff. He just happened to be open a lot and it worked out that way. And, and Danny and Madola had a good game too. It just, it just worked that way. So, excuse me. I don't think we're going to move the needle here on Jones a ton, uh, but it is a good matchup. So obviously we're going to upgrade him for this matchup against the Giants. This was, Jones' second top 30 week of the season. He's been outside of the top 53 times, so we're getting a little boom-bust production out of him so far. At the same time, 20% target share. That's a good number for a a starting caliber fantasy wide receiver, and he's playing a lot of the snaps, almost 90%. He's 21st in OFP this year, so the expected fantasy point total is high. And you mentioned it'll see a lot of Janoris Jenkins and DeAndre Baker. A good matchup this week against a team allowing a lot of production to wide receivers. Not so much late. But the schedule has been crazy easy for them for the past month. But over over the full season, when they played good uh, good receivers, it's been a problem. So I still th- I think you should be in lineups this I week. I just think maybe Matt Stafford has some recency bias. I mean, you know, if you have a guy you connect with and you have these four touchdowns, a couple of which were really impressive, are you just going look like this? This works. This is working right now. It's a good setup for them with the matchup. You think? That's why I, I was a little bit more favorable on Marvin Jones this week. But I, you just wonder how sustainable it is because we haven't seen him consistently be that guy. Fantasy football can be confusing from time to time. Zach Ertz um, has been more confusing in real life football than fantasy football. Just the target share has dropped so precipitously this year. Mike, you are a diehard Eagles fan. It's not so much that Zach Ertz is not a really awesome player. It's just that all of a sudden he's not being utilized anywhere close to where he was last season. And he is now facing a Bills defense that has at least an argument for the best safety duo in the NFL. He drops a little bit in our weekly rankings relative to where we would normally have him. Yeah, and you mentioned his usage. I mean, his target share is only a little bit below last year. The problem is the efficiency has dropped off so substantially, and the Eagles are running the ball a little bit more. Only one touchdown this season. He hasn't cleared 72 yards. Last year, 116 catches. That was a tight end record. On pace for 80 this year. And again, a lot of that is efficiency. A 59% catch rate and 6.8 yards per target. Both are career low marks. I mean, they're doubling him. He has complained about that, and it has added up to uh, some struggles this season for sure. The good news is, he leads tight ends in snaps and targets. 
So you like that volume. Maybe he can uh, kind of t- turn it around going for, uh, forward. Also, a candidate for some touchdown regression in the media is one touchdown and expected total of 2.7. By the way, the Bills, if you just look at the raw numbers, second best against tight end so far, but they faced Evan Ingram, who had a decent game, was over 10 fantasy points. Mike Kosicki actually put up four for 41 against him. The others were Delaney Walker, who has been playing about half the snaps. Ryan Griffin, the Bengals, Tyler Eifert's the backup there at this point, and the Patriots with Izzo and Lacoste. So the schedule hasn't been too tough. I wouldn't be too worried about that, at least when evaluating Ertz. Yeah, it's a really good point on Zach Ertz complaining about the double teams because it may be that he is the only threat that is game-changing on that offense right now amongst Carson Wentz's pass catchers and running backs, and teams are just saying, fine, let Alshon Jeffrey or Nelson Aguilar or somebody else beat us because it's not going to be number 86 because he can and will beat us more often than not. We're going to take some social questions, but after only after Stefania tells us about our good friend Dylan. Dylan. Miskowitz. Hiring can be a slow process. Cafe Altura's COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidate supply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Not cool, Keith. Not cool, Keith. Not cool, Keith. Let's rock. Always one of our favorite kitten chip additions right there. Keith, take it away. It is all yours. Got a handful of questions here for you. Greg wants to know, flex question, PPR flex, DJ Chark or Tevin Coleman? Mike, you just talked about Tevin Mm -hmm. Coleman a minute ago. You start here. Who would you take out of those Uh, two players? And I love DJ Chark too, but you've seen him regress a little bit the past couple weeks. It makes sense. He's a little over his head in the touchdown department. Still love Chark. Still a starter. It's got to be Tevin Coleman. We talked about the reasons why. He's been a solid fringe. Uh, He's been almost getting you to RB1 territory, so you got to start him. Yeah, well, you know. I know you're going to think I'm just a homer, but I also have DJ Chark on fantasy team, say. which is very important to me. And I mm-hmm. have seen, I have felt the weeks that have been off as much as I felt the weeks where he's been a rock star. Tevin Coleman, consistent volume. That's who I'm going with. Fair enough. I will lean towards Tevin Coleman as well. Gerald wants to know, for the rest of the season, Robbie Anderson or Sterling Shepard? Kind of an unfair question because yeah, we have yeah. no idea when Sterling, Sterling Shepard will right. play. Um, there are now 10 games left in the Jets season. Nine games left in the Giants season. Would you rather 10 guaranteed games of Robbie Anderson or seven games of Sterling Shepard? This is an easy one for me. I want Shepard for sure. Okay. His, look at his target so far. 7, 11, 9, and 9. During those four weeks he played in full, he's wide receiver 17. And I know Golden Tate will be a factor here for sure. Obviously, Barkley, Ingram, they have a lot of mouse defeat suddenly. It's a weird thing to say. But uh, he's going to be... Probably their number one wide receiver. I think he's a good player. I, I think he's the guy here. Interesting. Okay, so yeah, I mean, being conservative on the like, just the uncertainty right. makes me too nervous to like. If somebody's saying you have to commit today, I'm taking the guy who's active, and I but I don't like it because as a player, in terms of my, if he was on the field, all things being equal, I would go with Shepard. Yeah, and Robbie, I mean, his schedule will be easier, Robbie Anderson, but he still faces some shadow situations. Like, he's going to dodge Ramsey this week because he got traded, but H.A. Boy has been shadowing now. He's going right. to be on him, and he has uh, several other I'm instances I'm telling you, all like things that. being equal, I fully agree with you. I'm just nervous about Sterling Shepard. Sure, sure. Yeah, I guess I, 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 I positioned it as 10 versus 7 games, and Mike was very confident. If it was 10 versus 5, would you change your mind? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I, I do have optimism about Shepard returning very soon based on his comments, right? Okay. And, and I know, I know right. there's a Take lot more going on doctors there. Doctors and players. No question. Things, right? But he makes it, he, he made it sound like he may play this week. Or, okay. You know, he's very soon. Keith? Yeah, Stephen wants to know, how has your ranking of David Montgomery changed in dynasty formats? Yeah, dropping him. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, it's as disappointing of a player 
and before people jump, you know, get all fired up. This is not just a David Montgomery problem. I'm just right. saying the output right. that the draft pick of David Montgomery has produced is as disappointing of perhaps any player in fantasy football that has not been hurt and has played every game for his team so far this season. Just has been. He's woefully underperforming relative to expectations. For dynasty purposes, running backs are aplenty. Teams turn over the spot all the time, every offseason. I don't know. Would he, would he even be like a top 15 dynasty running back for you right now? No, I don't 20? think so. I think he's still top 25. I think I had him around 20 to 22 in sure, the last update a few weeks ago. But by I, the, I think at the end of the year, the let's just imagine this. Okay, there's another great running back class coming out. What if, for example, I'm just thinking about teams that could, you know, just sort of like totally, what if the Chiefs draft and made an investment in a running back, a young running back? You'd be like, oh, that's interesting to me, right? Yeah. What if the, I mean, any any number of teams that have a semi-need at running back right now, if they jump to the front of that carousel, hey, you know, the Redskins made a first-round investment in running back, which I know they have Darius guys. I'm, I'm at right, the point right. now where I'm not yeah. counting on it. What if the yeah. Bucks drafted a running back? So, yes, top 25 is fine, but... um. I think the value is super low right now. Yeah, and and a part of it, I mean, you look at Jordan Howard, who has more production than all Bears running backs combined this year, just leaping for, to, from the Bears offensive line to the Eagles, and and he, we thought he was trending the wrong way behind yeah. the Bears O line last year. It's the same O line, right. and they can't run the ball at, at all. all this yeah. season with any of their backs. So that tells you that to me says maybe it's not a Montgomery problem because we know run blocking is so important to running back efficiency. Maybe they make some fixes down the road, and he turns the corner and is still a very good back. I still believe in the talent there. I'm not throwing in the towel halfway through the season, right, but you right, have to right. move. You have to move him down for a short term situation, which is not great in Chicago. Keith, yeah, Jay says that he added Mo Sanu because Field said he would be a top thirty receiver down the stretch. He'd like to know what Stefania and Mike think about his value in New England. I said could, but I'll take Wood, whatever. Um, yeah. So if you guys, do you guys download or and listen or just download? <laughs> no. Download and delete quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At two times speed <laughs> through Matthew. Can we Rams. get this guy off off the podcast? <laughs> Download and delete. Come Download on. Of course not. I'm being sarcastic. Of course not. Why would yeah. I do that? No. I went, uh, anyways, I made the case that there's a chance that <laughs> yeah. Mohamed Sanu could be a top 30 wide receiver for the Patriots. I'm sorry for fantasy the rest of the season. The Patriots love this guy. They've been hot to trot mm-hmm. on him for a while. You guys think I am I, crazy smart or somewhere in between? I saw one. I saw one of the all-time great analogies. Um, my dear friend Melissa Jacobs, who's the football girl, you know, mm-hmm. said that Mosinu has been moved from a crowded seat in the back of the plane with two passengers on either side who are barefoot to a, a, a lie flat bed in first class by going to the Patriots. Pretty good, and I, right there. Actually, you know, th- what does every these receivers all dream of going into that offense? And I certainly think he's been consistent. I think he's going to move up. We don't know when Josh Gordon will be back. I, I agree with you, Field. And Stephania, I, the hard part is consistency with the Patriots because you never know who's going to be that guy. Have but. I ever told you that you are the most brilliant <laughs> and well thought out and researched and just probably one of the most charming people here at ESPN okay, I've ever met? Go on, Field. Stop. Yeah. Don't stop. Yeah. Seriously, you deserve a raise. <laughs> oh, wait. Who's listening? Uh, are a, my bosses? A vacation Nobody. Home? Remember, they just, they just so downloaded. My answer no one's listening. Uh, sure, Michael. My answer is I, I like that uh, that example for sure. But the problem is when Sanu goes to that comfy bed and lays down, <laughs> he's just about to fall asleep, and suddenly Josh Gordon jumps on top of him, and Julian Edelman's <laughs> taking up a bunch of space, and suddenly Ben Watson is a factor, and here comes Philip Dorsett zooming down the aisle. He leaps onto the bed. James White is ha- is taking up a, a huge corner a of the bed. <laughs> There's a lot of mouse to feed in this offense, and when Edelman's healthy and Gordon's healthy, and they obviously they're going to mix in Dorsett, and maybe Jacoby Myers takes will one or two targets, and Akil Harry will be back at some point. Oh, Again, yeah. they traded yeah. around two pick for him. You have to think that they want to use him a lot, but he could be more valuable to this team as a punt returner and maybe get a few carries and maybe throw a pass and get three or four targets. Oh. Is that going to translate to consistent fantasy value? I'm a little nervous about it. Here's the thing. I I think that, uh, you know, in the Patriots, my experience of watching them has been like if you are out there and you're performing well and Tom Brady likes you and likes throwing you the ball, you pretty much stay being that guy. But then who loses? That's the question. Uh, the guys who aren't playing right now. I mean, I think, uh, you know, certainly Josh Gordon, all, all things considered, you know, he's had some trouble with staying healthy mm-hmm. just in addition to the context of his larger situation. So they're probably reluctant to over-utilize or rely on him too much if you will. totally fair all right keith one more question she got a couple here um l eddie lopez wants to know and there are actually a few in here the last couple of days about this is damian williams droppable 
Damian Williams. I know, that's a, I know that's a large question, but if you want to do it by certain number, certain number of leagues, ten team, twelve team. Did you know the player who has the most rushes this season without a ten yard rushing attempt? Damian Williams, mm-hmm. forty one chances and zero rushes over ten yards. Yeah, it's it's been bad, and he's not even getting the target volume we want from him right now. And Patrick Mahomes is out for a few weeks. Yeah. I'll say this: Darrell Williams, Darwin Thompson, obviously should be on waivers. Sean McCoy should be considered for your flex spot. Damian Williams is a fine bench hold because of the offense. And if, if McCoy gets hurt again, Damian could get 15 touches. And they could be inefficient touches, but in the Chiefs' offense with Mahomes back, that could be very valuable. Droppable if you really need the spot for a player that you're going to utilize. Like if you need to replace your quarterback this week because mm-hmm. you have Mahomes or Matt Ryan, droppable. Droppable just to sort of pad your depth elsewhere, I would say just keep Damian Williams. Last one here for you from multiple users, and I can give you some scenarios here, but basically the question is, is it wrong to consider sitting Odell Beckham Jr. this week against the Pat- the Patriots? Um, those who asked mentioned having these players, just to give you an idea. Um, one said Lockett, one said Diggs, one said Juju Smith-Schuster. I think Lockett and Diggs, it's no yeah, problem at all, yeah. right? I totally. Yep. I'm t- I, I agree. Lockett, Diggs. Yes. I'm fine with it. I mean, because it's not like yeah. sitting them feels good. Like yeah. if you sit Tyler Lockett, it's not like, ooh, wow. Like I sat Tyler Lockett against the second worst defense in football this mm-hmm. year, the Atlanta Falcons. Right. Not bad. Like that's, I mean, that's not good. Yeah. I ranked Beckham uh, wide receiver 15. They're playing the Patriots, of course. Right. I don't feel great about that. I have Juju 22nd. They're playing Miami. I have no problem if you want to start with, start uh, uh, Smith Schuster. I'm trying in, in one of my home leagues to get Beckham on my bench. Luckily, I have some. Uh, receiver talent with guys like McLaren and Robert Woods. I, I, I think of Godwin in that league. So I'm like, you know what? It's close enough. Maybe I just stay away from this Patriots defense. They're just they're just too good. They're too good right now. Maybe until further notice, yeah. you just kind of avoid, even with the very best of players. And we know that Odell is one of the very best, despite the confusing target usage sometimes this year and just the inefficiency of that Browns defense overall. We're coming back tomorrow. We'll have a game preview. It's Redskins and Vikings. I believe the game is in Minnesota. We've got wide receiver cornerback talk from from Mike, plus a lot of reaction because, as we know, first day of practices for teams playing on Sunday, plus some social questions. Right now, we're going to say goodbye to those of you that are watching on the live stream. But for those who are listening to the audio version, time now to hand it over. Hand it over to our friend Matthew Barry, who's hanging out with Nat Coombs. Take it away, TMR. A tradition like no other, and that is our friend Nat Coombs coming on the week before a London game. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Nat Coombs. He's the host of the Nat Coombs show on ESPN. Who knew we were colleagues these days, Nat? I know. Who'd have thunk it, Matthew Barry, after, after all these years? Incidentally, the name of that show, let me tell you, that took months. Some of the greatest creative minds here at Workshop UK it, locked yep. in a room for hours. We did. We paid a branding agency thousands of pounds, and that's what we ended up with, uh, which Fair I'm enough. sure you'll agree was the, the correct title. Uh, so anyway, so if anyone wants to listen to the Nat Coombs show, where can they do it? How can they do it? All uh, available podcatchers, of course. You can add to ESPN, whether you listen to your pods there. Uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, all the places you listen to pods. We drop four episodes a week. We drop video as well, just like you guys are doing as well. I'm impressed with all this video re-upping over the last few years on the ESPN UK uh, YouTube channel. Uh, but yeah, just like a lot of your listeners listen to uh, listen to you on the pod center, same place that Nat Coombs show is available there as well. So get involved, get right. stuck in. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I assume you're like me, which is like, you don't care if they listen. They ju- you just want the downloads. You just want the clicks. 100%. 100%. Just subscribe, download. Don't care if you don't listen to a second of it, to be honest. I'm just absolutely fine with the metrics and the numbers, just like you were all after all these years. After, absolutely. It's a very smart way to game the system. All right. So we'll all check out the Nat Coombs show on ESPN. So you're over there uh, in London. And I'm just curious, Nat, are you as excited? Mm. To, are you guys as excited to host the Bengals this week as we are to have the Bengals out of the country for a week? <laughs> sure. Yeah. By the way, do you like the backdrop? We made this specially for you, TMR's Big Ben. I think you might be able to see in the background a, a customized. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. Um, we can't you go wait to the local to Kinkos and print something up. What's that? Where did you get that? <laughs> that took me half an hour just before it, they told me it was a hard on here. So I had to running around print shops all around Soho in London getting that done for your TMR. Otherwise, it would have been just a black screen, which would be very disappointing. But yeah, in answer to your question, we can't wait for the Bengals to, to come over. Quite frankly, and not being sarcastic for two reasons, because 
it has been proven with all the London games. And the first one was back in, in 2007. And that was an absolute stinker. That was uh, the New York Giants who went on to win the Super Bowl that year, taking on the Dolphins. And it was raining. It was a real slugfest. Cleo Lemon was playing quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, if you need to know anything more about that. Yeah, no, I remember Cleo Lemon. Time. I remember Cleo <laughs> yeah, Lemon. And Cleo. I'm, are you, are you if, if I'm reading correctly here, I'm just sort of reading through the lines, Nat. Are you basically calling a mm. Bengals Super Bowl this year? That's essentially what I'm, <laughs> what I'm calling right here, right now on your show. What yeah. I am calling really is a lot of the time the games are announced in London. And I know there's a bit of fun over in the States about it because the matchups don't look great. Uh, uh, but the interesting thing is when games are called and some of the critics over here say, oh, that doesn't look like that isn't a very good team. It can end up being a very good game. One of the best games we saw was the Redskins Bengals three, four years ago, which was a, which a tie. The only game that's been tied in London. Uh, and it was a thriller. Kirk Cousins absolutely stormed it great game uh but on paper it looked like it would be a bust so even though the bengals are not at the races this season i think uh it won't matter a job and also we're seeing the rams we're seeing a bit of hollywood style the whole jalen ramsey thing uh has added a bit of spice there as well so i think we're just still very happy to catch football up close and it's a fantastic experience so i don't think you get too many fans bemoaning the fact it's the bengals even if they are rubbish Fair enough, and and look, I, look, the Rams shouldn't put up a lot of points, obviously, given the Bengals' defense there. So you'll get to you'll get to see that. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. I so and I remember, by the way, I remember that Redskins Bengals game because the Redskins mm. missed a field goal. Dustin, I believe, it was Dustin Hopkins missed a field goal to win that game. So yes, it doesn't matter what country the Redskins play in; they can find excruciating ways to lose. <laughs> it's sure. like it's sort of the universal <laughs> language of the Redskins. Speaking of that, I'm just curious. Because, you know, mm. you, you and I, you've been on the show many, many times. You're a longtime friend of the show, friend of the podcast. And so you and I have known each other for a long time. And so one of the things you always like to do when you come on the show is you sort of give me the British slang. I'll be like, hey, how do I say this mm. over there? That you There's, like, you know, different British slang and and uh, and terms you guys use that we don't necessarily use in the States. So what is the British slang or how would you say over there that someone bones you? The way the Bengals <laughs> bone their fans. So I was just curious, like how you're going to trans when you're when you're calling this game, Nat, on Sunday. How mm. will you uh, how will you describe the Bengals boning their fans once again? We've got to be very, very careful at this stage. As we've established earlier on, I've got a brand new ESPN show that I don't want taken off the air within the first couple of weeks. Uh, this is a family show. Uh, and also, I should point out, I have a cracked rib from playing uh, five-a-side soccer earlier ah. in the week. So you can't, can't make me laugh, TMR. Um, that particular word has a number of different connotations uh, in London, in the UK, as I'm sure it does over in the States as well. The one I'm going to go with is that the uh, Bengals are going to are going to be very poor on Sunday and they're going to disappoint uh, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals fans over here. So, so I will steer towards I will steer towards disappoint and leave it at that. But you have reminded me of something because we do go way back. Yep. And I was thinking, when was the first time we ever we ever met and I ever came on your show uh, and it was back in 2010 would you believe yeah. 2010 I was gonna, wow okay and yeah I was gonna I, I was gonna guess flies. somewhere around there right you you were visiting ESPN and you popped in and we hit it off mm. and we're like we'll pop on the show and ever since it's it's so it's been a tradition like no other so yes 2010 that was it. that, was, that I had my top three uh, 06010 power ranking appearances. I was working those out coming on, on here. That, is, yeah. <laughs> that was my number three. Not All least because right. I rocked up at Bristol. That was the first time I was working for ESPN over here in the UK. So I was, the, you know, nine years ago, whatever it was, I was doing a, a studio show over here and I was heading over, I had meetings in New York, in LA, and I, I was in Bristol for the day. I think you thought I'd flown over to Bristol for the show. That's <laughs> so correct. That was, that, was the, that was the first one. You were thinking, what is this British guy? By doing having yes. flown five thousand miles to come on come on the pod uh, so that i'm was always amazed anyone wants to come records. on this show i'm always amazed anyone wants oh, to come quite. on this show yeah even now i mean this was a contractual obligation because Fair. of my new pod to come on here just to be clear on that uh so that was my number three uh number two you might remember the time that i uh, uh had a hit on the show uh, and it was all uh, last minute because i was tied up somewhere else and i ended up trying to find somewhere quiet which was an, a glass elevator in a yes. restaurant in in london so i was going up and down this uh three floor restaurant in a glass elevator on a stool while 
quite bemused customers were coming in and out while doing doing your show. So that was number two. But number one, uh, uh, my power rankings at uh, 06010 appearances was the time I was working for a rival broadcaster, a rival media outlet. We'll leave it at that. Uh, and there was this, uh, I took a pause in filming. It wasn't a live show. So I could go outside and record a spot on your show <laughs> on, a rival, yes. on a rival network. So that you stopped your own show time. to do our show and then continued yep. your own show. Well, your dedication has mm. never been questioned. Your taste, Thanks, somewhat, man. yeah, you know, like you could probably, <laughs> you sure. could aim for better shows to be on, but your dedication, my friend, has never ever been questioned at all. So, look, we, uh, we expect a lot of point, you know, uh, two reasonably functional offenses here and two, uh, yeah. not great defenses. So we expect a lot of fantasy points to be scored. It's going to be a fun yeah. game here, uh, that we're looking for. Um, what uh, do you you have any thought? You I remember you at the top of the show. You said you had something you wanted to ask me. So I was curious if yeah, there was did, anything. Are we talking football now? We're we just going to talk nonsense. Whatever the whole you want to do, it's nonsense. <laughs> okay, whatever. Okay. It's, a little whatever. bit of both. I've got a game for you. I've got a great game for you. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, that's hyping up maybe too much. I have a game for you. You decide if it's great or not. Uh, <laughs> but on the game itself at Wembley on Sunday, I like Todd Gurley against this Bengals D because they are appalling against the run. Thirty second. Yep. I can think Gurley's going to have a big game. I like that. Um, the only kind of bright spark, I guess, for the Bengals, when you look at statistically where they are, is their passing offense in probably uh, in a top 10 in terms of total yardage. But they are up against uh, a re-up secondary with Jalen Ramsey. So I'd, I don't think there's any Bengal you can really look at. Mixon hasn't had a touchdown all season long. Um, Tyler Boyd is maybe the only look there, I guess. Um, Cooper Cup I like as well um, against the Bengals. D. A couple of key things for uh, for your uh, your listeners and viewers to pick up on. When teams come out to London, that is always a point of discussion. And the Raiders, who came earlier on in the season, uh, played at Tottenham Stadium, played really well, of course, beat the Chicago Bears, upset the Bears. They flew out early in the week, and they're the only team that's done that so far. So they basically landed on Monday, spent the whole week here. And that's uh, Gruden had done it differently the year before. He said he learned a lot from that. Most teams come out late. Belichick comes as late as he can when the Patriots come over. And that's what both the Rams and the Bengals are going to do this weekend. They're flying out landing on Friday. Uh, and it's also one other key thing, an early start in London because the clocks go back, right? So it's a five o'clock local time in London on Sunday. So if you kind of buy into that a little bit, the jet lag, the West Coast play with the Rams, they might start a bit sluggishly. But like you said, I don't think there's uh, any contest here, even with the neutral territory and the occasion and uh, just the, the fundamental differential of a game in London. Of course, that's going to have a little bit of bearing, but I think it's Rams all the way. And I think in particular, I like uh, Todd Gurley and Cooper Cup to fill their boots. So that's uh, that's enough football, right? Should we get on to the nonsense? <laughs> yeah, please, Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think we all get okay. it. Start your Rams. Start your Rams and uh, fade your Bengals, mm. except for uh, yeah, except for Tyler Boyd, maybe. Yeah, Tyler Boyd. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's our hot take. Start yep. the Rams against the worst Good. defense in the NFL. Uh, okay, so uh, hashtag analysis. This is kind of game. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, game related, I think, uh, a little bit. So Jalen Ramsey, as I say, coming over with the Rams uh, this Sunday. Incidentally, he would have come over either way because the Jags are coming the fo- uh, following week. It's Jaguars, uh, Texans the following week at Wembley. So we've got back-to-back games in London. Ramsey coming over. Uh, he's a subject of my column this week. I'm writing a column for ESPN uh, UK as well. So I've written about Ramsey because I sat down and interviewed Look him when you. he came over. You're like, uh, in this, hey, nothing good comes from hustling, Nat. How many times have we talked about this? <laughs> nothing good comes from hustling. Stop working. Working so hard, shilling it, baby, shilling. It. Hey, yeah. I hadn't mentioned the column, and yep. I hadn't. I name dropped Jalen Ramsey in the sit down yeah. I had, so that's fair. That's new, new territory. Uh, he's an interesting guy, and we talked a bit about the Dion Sanders documentary, the ESPN Thirty for Thirty documentary, because I'm of course a company man at uh, TMR, yes. and fascinating documentary at that duality of personality that uh, that he had, of course, and that. Uh, Jalen Ramsey feels he has as well with Jalen Ramsey and 2.0 and his whole swagger is a persona. So he's a really interesting guy. And it got me thinking, I'm coming on TMR's show. I need a game. Uh, and I need something that r- features a player that's coming over to Wembley and features a famous Brit. So I've come up with Jalen or Gordon. So this is Jalen Ramsey or Gordon Ramsey. All right. right. I've got five... Five quotes for you, Matthew. And, and I have you to decide whether this was from Jalen Ramsey or Gordon Ramsey. All right, fair. Yeah. Okay, got it. I understood. Okay. Fun. No pressure here. My youngest kid, uh, my youngest son, played this game yesterday. Uh, he is nine years old. Five out of five, TMR. Five out of five, all right? So no pressure. Here's no the pressure one. at all. I know... <laughs> you ready? Okay, okay. Yeah. I know what I am. 
I'm a fighter. Was that Gordon Ramsay or Jalen Ramsay? I think that's Gordon Ramsay. It was Gordon Ramsay, right? One out of one. Okay. He was doing what was asked of him, and it was making him look really, really good. He was doing what was asked of him and made him look really, really good. I think that's Jalen Ramsey. It is Jalen Ramsey. TMR, you're on fire. Okay. A lot of people think they know me. They don't know me. I think that's also Jalen Ramsey. They know me. Barry, three out of three. Is he going for the clean sweep? Okay. Push your limit to the absolute extreme. I think that's Gordon Ramsey. It is Gordon Ramsay. I'm this right. too easy. All right. Can you clean sweep? I think pressure's healthy and very few people can handle it. I think pressure's healthy and very few people can handle it. That one's tough, but I'm going to say Gordon Ramsay. It is Gordon Ramsay. TMR, five. five out of five. Take that, Nat Coombs kid. I am proud of you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Did you just diss my kid? I love it. I, I did. Proud of you. That, I did. That, I talked trash your kid, but, took... but Nat Coombs, uh, in, mm. in, in true 06010 fashion, mm. I want to steal this game. We should absolutely, Secret Squirrel, Please. we should we should find yeah. better quotes. We should find harder quotes mm. and make field play these games. <laughs> I'm, I'm all in on that. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. We'll do that. We'll do that like next I week or do... something like that. Don't steal it from me. With... I'm stealing it from Nat, so don't mm. steal it from me and give it to like yeah. Mike and Stefania. That's fair. No, no, no. Right, there you go. All right. Um, so that's is uh, that's great. Uh, Daniel Dopp, Secret Squirrel, would like to pipe uh, mm. pipe in here. He has a question. He's requested. Yeah, a real quick, Matt. Oh, okay. I, I just want to yeah. know. Well, we've been going back and forth all week as to which house Matthew Barry would be in. Mm. Obviously, living in London, you're very uh, yeah. obvious with you know Harry Potter. So whether it's Hogwarts, whether sure. it's Ravenclaw, whether it's Hufflepuff or Slytherin, which house do you think Matthew Barry believes in? Gryffindor. So the Sorry. four houses you wow. mentioned: Hogwarts. Hogwarts is the Sorry. overall mm. Gryffindor. Yeah. Slytherin, Hufflepuff, mm. or Ravenclaw? Mm, that is a that is a question. Um, so it might surprise you. We've debated many times over here at ESPN UK. I think it is a it is a toss up between Slytherin. There are elements of Slytherin in T- T- at TMR, but in the end, I think it's got to be Hogwarts. I think TMR comes good in the end and flies the Hogwarts flag. So I, I'm, I'm, no. I'm saying Hogwarts. You're saying, you're saying, you're saying Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Yeah, which is the wrong answer. Hogwarts. Wrong answer. Yeah, Gryffindor. <laughs> Our right. listeners yeah. believe that he's he a lives over there. And through. He, lives, he lives in the land of J.K. Rowling. If anyone would understand <laughs> the world of Harry Potter, it's Nat Coombe. So there you go. Correct. We got a bunch of randos on the internet voting, whatevs. But here, mm. Nat Coombs, <laughs> clearly a Harry Potter expert because he's got an accent in the whole thing. Quite. Yeah, obviously. Exactly. So yeah. I'm Gryffindor. I've got a backdrop. I've got a big band backdrop behind me. I mean, so. <laughs> it's science, right? It's totally science. <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly follow, what it is. Uh, follow Nat Coombs on Twitter, at Nat Coombs. He's the host of the Nat Coombs Show on ESPN. We can find your column at ESPN UK. Where can we find that? We want to We want to read that. Yeah. ESPN.co.uk. Sometimes they appear. I did an all-pro uh, line of all the international series games over all the years. I put together uh, a best-of team. And I think that kind of found its way onto ESPN.com. So sometimes they kind of flip over. Otherwise, ESPN.co.uk. Uh, uh, and uh, it's a weekly column that I drop. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure if you just follow at Nat Coombs, C-O-O-M-B-S, oh, yes, I'm sure yeah. you, I'm sure you share links around, and the yeah. whole thing and everyone can see that. Anything else we got to promote, Nat? No, but the deal you're going to do in terms of stealing that game, that's fine with me. I I give you my blessing as long as you uh, continue to promote what I'm doing as that game appears on whichever show in the future, if if that sounds fair. Sure. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. We we got no problem admitting where we stole it from. I'll get the paperwork drawn. drawn By all all means, Uh, please have your have your lawyers reach out to mine, which is Secret Squirrel Esquire, uh, at at, at the uh, at at the firm of uh, Squirrel Clay and Smizzle. (laughs) It's accurate. Is that right? I yep. think I've dealt with it before. I yep. think I know. Or is it Clay Squirrel Smizzle? <laughs> yeah, CSS. CSS. Yeah, Clay, Clay Squirrel and Smizzle. Um, anyway, Nat, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. I hope you have a great it game is. on Sunday. Of course, Houston and the Jaguars in Houston and London mm. the week after. So you, after you get Rams Bengals, you get Texans Jags. Is London yeah. ready for Minshew Mania? 
Oh, we've already got the tashes, to be honest. The majority of London already is carrying the facial hair. So, yeah, I can't wait for Minshew Mania. Can't wait for that one. And, and it, you know, could be contradicting what I said right at the top. On paper, that is a better game. Uh, but it might end up, you know, the, the game on Sunday is the one that flies and the Texans Jags, uh, you know, flatters to deceive. But we're just, you know, delighted to have two back-to-back games, four games in London this season. So the NFL just keeping on growing and rolling over here. So it's good to see. It's great to see. It's always a pleasure to have you, my friend. You should you should have Cleo Lemon on the Nat Coombs show later this week. <laughs> That's you should, a great you should, shout. There you go. You should uh, absolutely do that. that. Anyway. Happen. Follow at noon and at Coombs on Twitter, and uh, there are more London games, so I'm sure we will talk to you again in the future. Thank you, my friend. Great to see Can't you, and uh, good luck this year with too, uh, everything you're doing. Likewise. Take care, TMR. There you go. The definitive Nat Coombs interview, at least until we have another one. So always fun. Always a great time to have Nat on the show. So um, I'm currently in Disney World. As you listen to this, I'm currently in Disney World. I'm I'm knee deep in like a turkey leg or something like that. I'm I'm uh, I'm standing in line at Avatar or Star Wars Land or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm having a blast. And uh, you should follow at Field Yates on Twitter and Instagram at Daniel Dopp on Twitter at Something to Break on Instagram for him uh, at Stefania underscore ESPN on Twitter at Stefania B87 on the gram at Mike Clay NFL on Twitter and Instagram. And I, of course, am at Matthew Berry TMR on all forms of social media. Literally, uh, literally, I'm at, pick a pick a social media network. I'm at Matthew Berry TMR on all of them, except the fantasy life app, the free fantasy life app, which you should download. I'm at Matthew Berry on that one. So for all of us here at the 06010 and at Nat Coombs, peace out. He's a fantasy guru in a boat on an island going full Hainsworth without even trying award-winning creations like his news or noise segment are reasons we all love the cut of his jib country fast and strong Searching for a field shoe in a pile of junk When you lose a bet, you have one year to pay He's the king of football fantasy He's Matthew Berry, he's Matthew Berry, he's Matthew Berry GEICO has the insurance industry-leading app that lets you manage your policy anytime, anywhere. Which means that GEICO is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you. Like animal control, when you're cornered in your garage by an angry possum. Hi, me again. Uh, You guys said you would be here about an hour ago, and um, I think the possum is starting to get angry. uh, Listen, I thought if I fed it, it would go away, but now it is ripping holes in the drywall and making some sort of nest. Just call me back. (laughs) GEICO, always there for you with savings and the industry-leading mobile app.